part. And so if you have your Bible, open to the book of Genesis chapter 8 from verse, from verse 4 to verse 12. Genesis chapter 8, verse 4 to verse 12. And the title of my message this night is No More Ravens, Just Doves. No More Ravens, Just Doves. No more ravens, just those. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 8, starting from verse 4, And the ark rested in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, upon the mountains of Arafat. And the waters decreased continually until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the tenth month, were the tops of the mountains seen. And it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the windows of the ark which he had made. And he sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. Also he sent forth a, a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her feet. And she returned unto him in the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her, and pulled her in into him, into the ark. And he stayed yet another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came in to him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So no one knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. And he stayed yet another seven days and sent for the dove, which returned not again unto him anymore. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Amen. Well, um, the truth is that we are all in a world that is full of storms. And we have all seen storms before. Mighty storms, major storms we have all seen. If you have not seen, you have heard it before. If you have not heard it before, perhaps you have also experienced it. And it is interesting because there are all kinds of storms. You have rainstorm, you have a tender storm, you have a hurricane, you have a tsunami, you have, a, you know, name it, hail storm. You have all kinds of storms. And so storms are part of our lives. And the truth is also is that each one of these storms has its own intensity in terms of how it impacts its, its things on its way. So, the intensity of a rainstorm may not be the same as the intensity of a tsunami or may not be the same as the intensity of a hurricane. But ultimately, they all somehow cause some level of havoc in the, in, in the places where they move to. And I am sure that all of us, at some point in our life, we go through storms. It may not be a physical storm that you see, but it will be something that hits you and makes it look like your world is coming to an end. Job said in, in, in Job 14 verse 1, he said, man born of woman is but for a few days and full of troubles. Hallelujah. So the truth is that whether you like it or not, if you are born of a woman, at some point in your life there will be trouble. And some of those troubles are more than, more than storms. Amen. 
I mean, if you look at what we're experiencing currently in our environment, it is more than a storm. Because everybody, just like I said last Sunday, everybody has been hit in one way or the other. There is nobody who has not been affected. Some of us have been affected minimally, but some of them, the impact has been so great and so huge that you, you were like, so, so, so some of us are even beginning to question, where was God? God has always been God. Your situation will not change him. Your situation will not make him lose his identity as God. He will always be God. Amen. So, so it makes it very, very, very difficult for us to accept some of this. But it is the nature of the storm that you went through. Amen. It is the nature of the storm. And sometimes, how you feel the storm is, is based on what you are inside in the storm. How do I mean? So, in a storm, normal storm, let's say when you are, when you are in, on, on the sea, and a storm, you can be on a plank or just a wood, because you, with a wood you can float, I mean, in a river, you can float on the sea. You can be in a canoe, you can be in a ship, you can be in a boat. And each of these has the capacity to protect you to an extent, although not completely. But at least how you feel the discomfort and how you, you feel the uneasiness and all that is, is due to, is as a result of what you know you are in. So, for instance, if you take this COVID-19 or this coronavirus, some of us are feeling the impact heavily, but others too, it's just casual impact. But ultimately, we are all feeling the impact. In, in, in a storm, sometimes you can lose your life. So you see hurricanes and things like that, and people lose their lives. Amen. Amen. But I thank God for your life, that in the midst of this COVID crisis and the, and the coronavirus, you have not lost your life. Because you see, you cannot lose your life. The devil can do everything to you, but as for your life, you can't lose it. Why? Because your life is hid in, with Christ in God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. So that life cannot be touched. Oh, the enemy can do his worst. The enemy can do everything. But the truth is that your God has secured your life. I am here to assure you that it doesn't matter what you are going through. As for your life, it is protected. It is secured. Amen. If there is a vault in heaven, or if there is a vault anywhere, I believe that that is where God has hidden your life with combinations that the enemy cannot. So in every situation, have confidence that you will come out. It's a matter of time. Amen. And so the Bible says in the book of Genesis, chapter 4, verse, verse, chapter 8, verse 4, that there, there came a time that Noah found himself in a storm. And the background to it is that when you go to the chapter 6 of Genesis, you will see where God was quite angry with mankind. Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. Where God said that he has seen the, the great wickedness of man on the face of this earth. And every intention and imagination and thoughts of his heart are only evil. Continually. And that is why you and I must be very careful. Because you see, there is a level of sin that we, you and I engage in that God will tolerate. There is a limit. That is why Paul said, shall we continue in sin and expect the grace of God to abound? He said, God forbid. So we must be careful the kind of things we do because I believe that it gets to a level that God gets fed up. So God got fed up 
and decided to destroy the earth. But the good thing is that Noah found favor, Noah found grace with God. In the verse 8, the Bible says Noah found grace with God. So God, instead of destroying everybody, God called Noah and his family and said, Noah, as for you, I, you have found favor with me or grace with me. So I want you to build an ark. And then what happened? Noah obeyed, although he had never seen rain before. It had never been, there had never been rain on the face of the earth. But because God has said it, Noah believed it and Noah built an ark. And subsequently, God told him as to who his family and all the animals, two pairs, a pair each and all that. They all went into the ark and then God started raining flat on the face of this earth. And the Bible says it went on for a long time. And then at a point, the rain perhaps subsided or perhaps the rain no came down. And so, in Genesis chapter 8 from verse 6, thereabouts, Genesis chapter, go to the verse 4, I beg your pardon. Genesis chapter 8 verse 4, the Bible says, And the ark rested in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, upon the mountains of Arafat. Very interesting. It rested upon the mountains of Arafat. So it means that the ark was lower, but by the time Noah went through the storm and the storm finished, the ark and Noah and all the things that were in the ark did not remain where it was, but the ark actually moved and ended on the top of a mountain. Mm. That is deep. Instead of the ark being down, instead of Noah being down, in the midst of the storm, Noah ended up on the top of mountain Arafat. Oh, I don't know about you. But all, it means that all the things that the enemy purposed to do to me didn't work. Because the intentions of the enemy was that Noah would end up in the grave down. But at the end of it all, Noah ended up on top of a mountain. The enemy wanted Noah to go low, but Noah went higher. The enemy wanted Noah to diminish, but Noah became prominent. Oh, I am here to tell you that by the time it is all over, you will not remain there, you will go on top. By the time it is all over, you will be lifted. By the time it is all over, you will be seen more than you've been seen before. By the time it is all over, you will be so conspicuous. By the time it is all over, you will see the glory of God in your life. You will see it. Because the Bible says, all things work together for good for them that love God and for them that are called according to his purpose. You are not just an ordinary person. Because you love God, it will work together for your good. Other people may not survive, but you will survive. Other people may not make it, but you will make it. Other people will remain the same level, but your level will change. Your level will change. It means that everything that the enemy purposed about you didn't work. Hey, tell somebody it didn't work. It didn't work. Oh, it didn't work. How can it work? Because Jesus is on my side. 
How can it work? Because I am not in the boat alone. How can it, how can it work against me? Because this battle is not mine, but the battle is the Lord. The Bible says we are seated together with him in heavenly places, so it cannot work against me. I know that Christ in me, the hope of glory. I know that ah, with him I can do, I, can, I am more than victorious, I am more than a conqueror. I know that with him I can run through troops and I can run, I can run through troops and I can leap over a wall. So it then means that everything that the enemy has a purpose against me will not work. I say it will not work. I say it will not work. So by the time it is all said and done, <laughs> you will not see me where you used to see me. <laughs> you will not see me where you used to see me before this pandemic started. You will not hear of me where you used to hear from me because my level will have changed. When you are looking for me, don't look for me down because I'll be up. When you are looking for me, don't look at me there because I'll be there. When you are looking for me, don't look for me among poverty. Don't look for me among, among failure. Don't look for me because those are things that were down there. But now my level has changed. My level has changed. So I will no longer be in, I won't be in barrenness. I won't be among Confucianists. I won't be among poverty. I won't be among setbacks. Because my level will have changed. Oh, tell somebody my level will have changed. My level will have changed. So when it is all said and done, my brother, my sister, just know that something new must happen to you. Sunday I was telling you that there is a new normal that God is bringing you to. And the new normal means that it is a normal of, it's a normal that is not usual. It is an unusual normal. And that unusual normal is a positive unusual normal. Positive unusual normal. Hallelujah. Positive unusual normal. So, in, the, in, in, in Genesis chapter 8, the verse 7 and, and, and verse 8, the Bible says, and he said, so once Noah hit the top of Mount, Mount Arafat, Noah now said, okay, perhaps I need to know, I cannot go, but I, I can send birds that can actually go and check and bring me feedback. So Noah first sent a raven, and then subsequently Noah also sent a dove. Interesting. So he sent a raven, and then he sent a dove. Sent a raven and sent a dove. So why would Noah send two birds at the same time? Why would Noah? Why wouldn't? Wouldn't? Shouldn't Noah have sent just one, one, one bird? But he sent two. There is a reason. Tell somebody there is a reason. There is a reason. You see, the first bird that Noah sent was the raven. And Noah sent the raven, and the Bible says in, in the, the verse 7, it says, and he sent forth a raven, which went forth to and fro, until the waters were dried up from off the, off the earth. But you see, what the Bible is saying here is that, ultimately this raven did not come back. This raven was just busy hovering over the face of the earth. Although the waters had not subsided, Although there was no place for this raven to rest, it was just hovering to and fro. Meanwhile, this raven actually came from the ark of Noah with the intention that it would go and come back, but it didn't come back. Listen, there are some people, there are some things that are with you that they will leave you when you least expect. 
They are with you now because, uh, those things are with you now because they don't have an alternative, they don't have a choice. A time is going to come that they will abandon you, they will leave you. A time is going to come that they won't be there for you. Hallelujah. That, and, and that is why, because the raven did not come back, Noah had no choice than to send a dove. Hallelujah. But look at it. In the verse 9, the Bible says, But the dove found no rest for the sole of her feet, just like the raven. But then she returned to the ark. Hallelujah. The dove, just like the raven, did not find. But then the dove know that there is somebody I owe allegiance to. There is somebody I have a unit with, a unity with. There is somebody I am tied together with. It is not everybody who is in your life that you must continue to trust and to rely on. It is not everything in your life that you must continue to hold on to. Because there are some things that they will go, they will never come back. But there are some, some things that even when they go, they will come back. Because it will remember the things that you used to do together. It will remember the things that you used to, 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 that used to bind you together as one. Hallelujah. So, the raven went and didn't come back. The dove went twice and he came back twice. Listen, there are some people, no matter what happens, they, they, they are stuck with you. The Bible said there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. They are stuck with you for life. Those things, such people, hold them tight. Because they are the people you can rely on. In this period and in this season, that is when you will know the doves in your life. That is when you know the ravens in your life. Hallelujah. And when God brings you to the appropriate place, know how you will define your life. Amen. And so, the two birds are similar, interestingly. And I want them to show us a picture of a raven. That is the picture of a raven. And incidentally, the, when you compare the raven to the dove, although they, they look like similar birds, but this raven is slightly ugly, ugly compared to that is a dove. The dove looks nicer. Hallelujah. Listen, uh, the, 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 when some people, some things come to your life, even by their appearance and by their look, there will be something about them that you get, you get to know. If you are very sensitive in the spirit, if you are somebody of the spirit, that will let you know that this person, all is not well, or this thing, all is not right about it. They appear similar in characteristics, but the truth is that typically, typically, the two of them are not the same in terms of how, how they do things. Especially when it comes to what they eat. Because you see, the raven is a scavenger. The raven feeds on dead things. The raven feeds on cadavers, dead bodies. The raven feeds on carrions. The raven feeds on rotten things. The raven feeds on things that smell. The raven eats carcass. The raven eats filthy things. So, you don't need to be a soothsayer to know when there is a raven in your life. Because by the way they do things, you will know. Hallelujah. But alas, the dove. Alas, the dove. The dove is so beautiful an animal that even Solomon had to use the dove to describe his wife. In the book of Songs of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 14. Solomon described his wife according to the dove, the beauty of the dove, the elegance of the dove, 
the 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 the, the, the of the dove. Look at it. He says, "Oh my dove, thou art in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs. Let me see thy countenance. Let me hear thy voice. For sweet is thy voice, and thy countenance is comely, beautiful, nice." That is the dove. That is the dove. The dove feeds on nice things. It feeds on grains. The dove feeds on greens. The dove feeds on seed. The dove feeds on, on, on fruit. And seed is the word of God. So if there are people around you who don't see the word of God, who don't, who don't tell you about the word of God, who don't encourage you, they are reverence. You don't need them. And in this period, you don't need reverence in your life. You need things and people that will motivate you. You need things and people that will encourage you. You need things and people that will push you forward. You need people and things that will tell you you can do it. Those are the people you need. Hallelujah. The dog does not eat dead things like the raven. It eats fresh, clean, and precious things. The dog does not compromise when it comes to what it, it, it feeds on. It eats the best of grains and seed. I am here to tell you. That you need doves in your life. You don't need ravens because ravens will not help you. Even the Bible likens the dove to the spirit of God. Because the Bible says in Mark chapter 1 verse 10. That as soon as Jesus came out of the water. The spirit descended upon him like a dove. Hallelujah. So the dove is the spirit of God. And that is what you need. If there are people and things in your life that does not carry the spirit of God, you don't need them in this period because they won't help you. Unfortunately, so many people are, are following ravens. In this world today, every single person, you are either following ravens or you are following doves. I don't know what you are following, but I pray to God that God will take away every raven out of your life and cause you to follow doves because that is what you need. Hallelujah. Those following ravens are those following dead dreams, those following dead faith, dead relationship, dead finances, dead peace, dead joy, dead ideas. Those following ravens or having ravens around them, everything about them is dead. No life. Because the ravens feed on dead things. If you are in company of ravens, the only thing they tell you are negative things. Things that will not help you. And in this period that we are in, you don't need that. What you need are things that will encourage you. Amen. Hallelujah. And so there is a difference between the, the dove and the ravens. Because the ravens follow that stuff. But you see, when you talk about the ravens, you are talking about the pathetic. When you talk about the dove, you are talking about the prophetic. Mm, somebody didn't hear me. When you talk about the ravens, you are talking about the pathetic. When you talk about the dove, you are talking about the prophetic. The raven is about the old. The dove is about the new. The raven reminds you about your past. The dove leads you into your future. The raven points you to the hell you went through. The dove prepares you for the heaven and the glory you are going into. The raven perpetuates fear. The dove ignites faith. The raven says you are a victim. The dove says you are more than a conqueror through him that loves you. The raven declares you cannot do it. The dove declares you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. The raven announces, look what the devil did. The dove shouts, look what the Lord has done. So my brother, my sister, you agree with me that you need more Doves in your life than ravens. 
Because the ravens will help you. The dogs will help you. I beg your pardon. The ravens will not help you. Hallelujah. You see, that is why majority of us, we may be good, we may have good ideas, we may be anointed, we, we may be people who have potential, but you see, we are not making any progress in life because we have surrendered our, our, our lives with ravens and they are stifling us. We have surrendered our lives. Some of us are anointed, born again, spiritual, tongue-talking. We are not making any impact because of the things surrounding us. We are surrendered by ravens. Ravens. You don't need them. Tell, tell, tell somebody in your home or tell somebody around you, you don't need them. You don't need ravens. You don't need them. You don't need them. Your season of seeing dead things is over. Or oh, I say your season of seeing dead things is over. If you are in a season of dead dreams, dead finances, dead marriage, dead relationship, I came here to declare to you that it is over. Because we are driving away every raven from your life. It is over. I want you to put a smile on your face. Because every raven is going to be driven out of your life. It is over. Shout it. It is over. It is over. I said it is over. Now here comes the dove into your life. I release those into your life. I release those into your life. From today, may God take every raven out of your life and bring in doves because they represent the spirit and they represent life. Hallelujah. You only see dove. You only see the power of God. You only see the glory of God. You only see the love of God from today. No more ravens. Henceforth, do not tolerate any discussion that the ravens will bring discussions and conversations, raven discussion and raven conversation that will not help you. Don't tolerate them. Do not accept people who will be cursing what God has blessed. No, don't accept negative people around you. Don't accept people who will tell you, you cannot make it. Don't accept that. Know that they are ravens. Especially in this season and this period. There are people who are telling us that it's not as if our lives have come to an end. You don't have what it takes. Oh, as for you, you are not anointed. As for you, you don't have it. As for you, don't have the qualification. As for you, don't have the you don't have the necessary resources. You don't have your don't as accept and entertain things and people who will tell you you don't have. Don't accept them because they are ravens. You don't need them. Hallelujah. Oh, you don't need them. They will tell you you are not qualified. Who qualifies a person? God does not use qualified people. He qualifies those he wants to use. So I may not be qualified by human standard, but before God uses me, God will qualify me. He will resource me. God sees Moses, and Moses says, I cannot speak. God said, well, I knew you could not. You will say that. So I have made provision for Aaron to stand, stand in for you to help you speak. So even if I have the potential and I cannot do it, God can partner with somebody. You don't have any right to tell me I cannot do it. You don't have no right. You have no right to tell me. And sometimes, you see, we need to read the Bible and understand very well so that we can interpret things. Somebody will say, oh, but that is not nice. You, are not, you, are, you need to bring people closer and know that even Jesus sacked ravens around him. Even Jesus did. Mark chapter 5, verse 39 to 41. We won't read it, maybe because of our time. We'll read it. But look at what Jesus did. When they came to Jesus and they told him a young girl was dead, and that this young girl, you know, 
that, 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 that the, 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 there were people around who were, who were just crying and weeping. And Jesus goes there and says, why are you guys crying and weeping? The girl is not dead, but he's sleeping. The Bible says they love Jesus to scorn. Those are ravens. <laughs> they are ravens because they said, Jesus, you call yourself, you say, you cannot see this girl is dead. Ravens, typical ravens, they only tell you about negative things. Do you know what Jesus did? Even Jesus that is love, Jesus that's, that brings people together, the Bible says Jesus sacked them before he, he, he raised the girl. Hallelujah. You see, when you have ravens around your life, everything you want to do, they will make sure they fight it. If they had been there, perhaps it would have been difficult, although Jesus is able to do all things. Perhaps he would have discouraged Jesus from, from raising the girl. So do you know, the Bible says he called the guest, the, the damsel's parent, plus a few people. So he sent the ravens and he now invited the doves. Hallelujah. It is time to suck some ravens in your life and to raise some doves for them to actually come into the scene and help you. Oh, the, your raven season is over? It is over. Because even the Bible, in the Bible, in Le Leviticus chapter 11, verse 13 to 15, in the Bible, God commanded us not to even eat ravens. <laughs> Interesting. God commanded us that we should not eat ravens. Why? Because they are not clean. So, the Bible recognizes that ravens are not clean. And it is an abomination to keep ravens around yourself because you don't need them. You don't need ravens. Amen. Oh, and the, somebody will say, but in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 6, God sent ravens to feed Elijah. That is true. God did. They can go on errand. And I believe the reason why God did that was for God to show us that even animals and birds and, and, and these things that are no human beings can obey him. Amen. So, God sent a bird that naturally should have ate the flesh. A bird that naturally should have ate the bread. But you see, the bird did not eat them. But the bird actually brought them to Elijah for us to know that the bird was sent by God. It wasn't a coincidence. It wasn't a mistake. That is the only reason why God sent this particular bird to feed Elijah. So ravens are not needed in our lives. And they must go. Tell somebody it is time for the ravens to go. You see? Unlike the ravens which disappeared, the raven disappeared the first time Noah sent it out. As for the dove, the dove went, came back, went again, second time came back, and it was the third time that it didn't come back again. Why? Because by the third time it had completed this assignment. Hallelujah. You see, it doesn't matter how long God must come through for you. God is a God that will continue to be with you, continue to work with you until he accomplishes his purpose and his, as, and his agenda for your life. And that's what doves do. Hallelujah. The spirit of God will stay, is with us. In this COVID-19 or COVID, whatever we are in, coronavirus, the spirit of God will not leave us. The spirit of God will be with us until we overcome, until we become victorious, until we are successful, the spirit of God will be with us. Hey, hallelujah. How else do you want it? The spirit of God, the dove, is with us. Hallelujah. And so in the verse 11, verse 11, the Bible says, 
that the dove came back with an olive leaf. Mm. Mm. Interesting. It came back with an olive leaf. Wow. Look at the picture. So when this particular dove went the first time, it brought nothing. The second time, it brought an olive leaf. Mm. Olive leaf, which meant olive branch. Olive branch meant olive tree. Olive tree meant olives. And olives meant oil. Hmm. Hey, 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 hey. It is not a coincidence that the proof of life that the dove brought was an olive leaf. It is not, it is not a coincidence that the, the, the dove did not bring a purple leaf. It did not bring a mango leaf. It did not bring an orange leaf. It did not bring, it did not bring a, 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 any other leaf. But it actually brought an olive leaf. It is not a coincidence. It is not a coincidence. Because you see, the dove came back with the olive leaf to let no one know that there is an anointing out there for him. <laughs> that there is an anointing out there for him. That Noah, where you have gotten to in your life, what is most important is the anointing of God. Because with the anointing, every other thing will fall in place for you. That no one now, you can move out because the anointing will sustain you. The anointing will hold you. The anointing will preserve you. The anointing will equip you. The anointing will make you scale through. In this period, we need the anointing of God more than any other before. We need the anointing to come upon our lives. We need the anointing to saturate us. We need the anointing to excel in everything we do. We need the anointing to, do, to, to make it in business. We need the anointing to make it in ministry. And even in employment, in school, in everything we do, we need the anointing. This is the period that we need the anointing most. And last, 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 last Sunday I was telling us that the truth is that once you cross the Red Sea, it means that God is taking you to a new normal. And for you to excel in the new normal, it is the anointing of God that will make you excel. Receive the anointing of God to excel. Receive the anointing of God to, to do exploit. Receive the, let the anointing of God set you apart and make you different from the rest. Oh, receive it. I said receive it. So just move out and excel. Listen, in this period, let us know that we are not ordinary. You see, when others are complaining, let us not complain. When others are frustrated, let us not be frustrated. Why? Because for us, we carry something, and that is the anointing. Oh, so the dove came back and told Noah that there's an anointing. And look at this, look at this. You see, the olive does not grow in, in 40 days. So it's not as if it, it, it grew while the rain was falling or while it was, there was the storm. It, did, it, it only does not grow in 80 days. It doesn't even grow in one year or two years, three years. The average growth rate for the olives is about five years. The average growth, sorry, the average growth rate is about 12 years, the minimum being five years. So it means that this olive that actually the, this, this bed brought is not an olive that grew during that period, but it's an olive that had existed before the flood. Every other thing will not survive, but the anointing will survive. Hey. It is only the anointing that will survive. In this season and in this period, those of us who carry the anointing of God will survive. If every other thing fails, the anointing will survive. Listen, when you go to the places 
like Israel. I had the privilege of going to Israel with our father, Reverend Isud, and, 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 and Reverend Ancheb, and, and our, 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 our father, Chairman, Chairman Clement, some years ago. And we went to the Gethsemane. And the truth is that you will see olive trees there, and they will tell you these trees are thousands of years. Hallelujah. So the olive that this particular, um, um, what do you call it, dove brought, is an olive that had existed before, before the flood. And you know the strength of the olives. Let me tell you this. You see, in those days, when you want to know it, you have to go back. In those days, when they plant the olives, I, I understand that sometimes children would throw stones and rocks at it. And what happens is that when the stone or rock hits the olives, the olive roof, root will try and grow around the rock and will try to penetrate it. And it will stick with the rock. And, 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 and it will survive everything. It will survive flood. It will survive fire. Everything. It is only when the rock moves that the, the, the olive moves. It is only when the rock moves. And I remember that I cannot move unless you move my rock, which is Jesus. I cannot move unless you move my rock. For as long as my rock, which is Jesus, is seated in, on the right hand of the Father interceding for me, I am firmly rooted on this face of this earth. You can't move me. No, you can't move me. You can't move me. So everything may fail, but the anointing will survive. <laughs> the anointing will survive. The anointing will make you overcome. The anointing make, will make you more than a conqueror. Listen, you may lose everything during this prayer, but don't lose the anointing. Don't lose the anointing. Don't lose the anointing of God. You need it. What you need most is the anointing of God. Hallelujah. Despite all that I have gone through, tell somebody I am still anointed. I, am, I may have lost some things, but I am still anointed. I may have, you may have forsaken other things, but as for me, as for my anointing, it is intact. And that is why I'm still the righteousness of God. I am still the chosen of God. I am still the love of God. And so God will control to come for me. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but God will control to come for me. May God come through for you this evening. May God answer you. Now watch this. The Bible says, in the verse 11 also, that the olive tree was fresh. Mm. So not only did the dove bring an olive leaf, but it brought an olive leaf that was fresh. Olive leaf that was fresh. In some, some translations will say it was fresh. Hallelujah. Fresh, new. So it then means that if he brought it and it was fresh, then there is something new that God wants to do in my life. There is something new that God wants to do in your life. So you see, let us not worry about how God is going to do it because there are certain things that God will not repair. There are certain things that God will not, will not put together. There are certain things that God will take away and will bring new things. And if you are going to go into the new normal, there are so many things in the old normal that will not follow up. There are only new normal, new things that we will find in the, in the new normal. May that be your portion in the name of Jesus. So it means that everything about you will change. It means that the storm actually did not define you. The storm revealed who you are. It didn't define you. So this COVID-19 will not, it will not define who you are. It will only reveal that as for you, you carry something. And when you, by the time you finish and you are coming out, you will be like the, the green olive tree in the house of God, trusting on the mercies of God forever and ever. Psalm 52 verse 8. You will trust on the mercies of God. Hallelujah. Now watch this. Finally, even as I bring my message to a close, um, I have done, I have done, I have just about five minutes. The Bible says, Noah only stepped out when the dove returned with the olive leaf. That is when Noah returned. 
So Noah did not return. The first time that the, 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 the dove came, Noah did not, sorry, the first time that the, the, the dove returned, Noah did not go out. But the second time, when the dove returned, that is when Noah actually said, okay, now we can go out. And do you know why it is so? It is so because at that time, Noah knew that as for long as there's an anointing there, I will survive it. Listen, in this COVID season that we are in, this coronavirus season that we are in, only move out when you are sure that there is an anointing that you are taking out or there is an anointing that you are going into. And that is why you must not miss these programs. That is why you must not miss these this online teachings because these online teachings are supposed to equip you and they're supposed to strengthen you. Hallelujah. There are places that if you know that if you go to, that, that your anointing will come, that I will not help you cease. Because the only thing that will survive this period is the anointing of God. And I pray this night that even as you have heard the word of God, may God cause this word to manifest in your life. That every driven in your life will drive them out. And may God bring only the doves in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.